Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. All right, welcome in everyone to another episode of Building the Broncos. I am your host, Carl Dummler, and of course, my good friend, Mr. Nick Kendall is here again today. Missed you last week, man. It, it's just, you know, I I love all of our other co-hosts, and but it's just not the same. It isn't. I mean, we are some OGs here. I know Chad was obviously here before us, but we, well, I had the podcast. I guess I approached Chad to say, you know what? I really want to do a Broncos-specific podcast. There's not one out there that I've found, and I just really want to talk about it. And I got this guy, C.D. Dumbler 4. I don't even remember. You had the screen name. Or maybe it was just CD Dumbler. Oh, CD Dumbler 7, maybe. I don't know. But because yeah. um, of Elway. But uh, yeah, we started it. It would have been leading up to the Garrett Bowles draft. And uh, yeah, here we are today. So gosh, that would have been four drafts ago. We're going strong. And it's just it's matriculated from there. Here yeah. we are ramping up to another season. Uh, fingers crossed and excited to do it. Uh, I missed you last week, too. Um, I've had, a, gosh, a really long week. But um, things are kind of settling down now. We've got job interviews where we're moving to, but fingers crossed on that end and uh, happy for some normalcy. Well, good. And I just want to say we did not plan on wearing the exact same outfit pretty much. I don't know. You always have the collar shirts. I do. I do. I got to look. Rock Cut Brewery in Estes Park. So oh, there you go. Free ads for them. If you're in Estes Park, <laughs> good beer. They, there they, you go. they gave beer to, uh, they provided beer. We paid for it, but for Natalie and I's wedding. Oh, so, that was nice. Yeah. Got to gotta drink local, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I had to run home. I forgot the hat when I came to my office. And uh, so couldn't, couldn't forget the, the good old hat. We'll be talking about that a little bit later to make sure everybody knows where they can get this kind of thing. But uh, I also just want to let everybody know where they can find uh, all of our stuff. But make sure you're following us on Twitter. You can find me at Carl Dumbler MHH and Nick at Nick Kindle MHH. And make sure you follow the podcast Twitter account at BTB Football Pod and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and, and leave us a rating. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Uh, right now, I mean, that, that just helps get us out there even more and allows even more people to join us here in these chats and everything else. So please subscribe. We really appreciate you listening, but it just means so much more if, if you can click that button for us. Uh, but also make sure that you're heading on over to milehighhuddle.com of Sports Illustrated. We have lots of content coming out. And, I mean, training camp is here. So you do not want to be missing everything that's going to be coming out, of course, all of our podcasts. Uh, but also know that this podcast is powered by Overtime Media. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. <laughs> ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. 
Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, we kind of have a, a fun topic since it is heading into training camp. And the, the fun thing about training camp always is the, the battles. I mean, you, you know the guys who are going to be the starters no matter what. I mean, Von Miller could go have the worst camp ever, and he's still going to be the starter week one. He shouldn't even touch the field for camp, honestly. <laughs> Von, you right. showed wrap, up. Thumbs up. Good job, buddy. Yep. Wrap him in bubble wrap and call it a day. And uh, Bradley Chubb on the other side, you know, he's going to be a starter. But there are some some interesting camp battles that are going to to ramp up. And and uh, and and we could talk a little bit about who maybe is going to be the starter week one, who's going to be the starter week ten, because those could be two different answers. Yeah. And uh, so it, it is. It's kind of fun to see that the team has at least that kind of depth that you have a few positions that, and it's not just because there's no talent that it's actually that there might be too much talent at a couple of the positions that we're going to talk about. Maybe and a couple of the others. Right. Others will be a little bit more unknown. Um, and uh, I like this, the, uh, those legs of Von Miller. <laughs> so before we get going though, we should say hello to the chat. See everybody who's in here right now. We see Kevin Peterson, Zach's web design, James Campbell's in the house, Kenneth Booker, uh, Kenneth, I am feeling better. I'm dealing with an, Ulcer, so no Nick's beer fund, guys. Nick's Tums fund or Nick's Pepto fund would be more appreciated. (laughs) Uh, Duke coming in, Duke Boynton, always good to see you. William Harris, Jerry Holen. Uh, Let me see. I saw somebody giving me a hard time in here. Darian P. in the house, good to see you. I think I already said hello to Terry Randall. Oh, here we go. Charlie Beagle. Charlie, I'm in the process of moving. This is actually, I'm actually in my parents' house, and it's in their, like, actually, it's in their Colorado room, but that was the most basic, non-messy thing I have in my background. So it's, Carl's, Carl's got some stuff to look at in there. There's an interesting yeah. looking hat. Is that your hat, Carl? Of course. 
That's really nice. It looks like you know, you that, pick, that's my, it's my Sunday best hat, you know, <laughs> got to wear that. Well, that's uh, you might need to put that on later. Um, <laughs> even though your hat you have on right now is great, but great to see you guys in the chat uh, before we get going any further. Also just this is building the Broncos guys on Twitter, BTB football pod. Most important thing I think of today, other than, you know, just have a good day, stay healthy, stay safe, but subscribe, like, and share. That's the best thing you can do to support our show. Uh, it helps not only our show, but Hello Podcast. It helps the entire Mile High Huddle brand. Uh, there's a fair amount of listeners that aren't subscribed to the channel, and that, just, that can just help us more than you can even imagine. So we would really appreciate that. If you do like our show, uh, that would mean the world. But, Carl, back to everything going on here. Oh, <laughs> Glenn. Oh, there you go. Did you cut your hair, bro? I don't know if he's talking to me. I don't know who Egon Spengler is, but uh, my hair actually did. Get, I did get a trim. So, uh, okay. yeah, the top's still long, but the sides are not. Uh, I don't have the Bozo the Clown going on anymore. Um, and Glenn Hauser is saying, do you get a free bowl of soup with that hat, Carl? So uh, I'm curious with that, about that one as well. Yeah, of uh, course. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, on to you. Uh, we are talking about the camp battles that intrigue you the most. We kind of went back and forth on this a little bit earlier, and you have one that I am actually very interested in myself that if you wouldn't have taken it, I would have talked about it. Well, I, I think probably the position that I, I feel really, really good about this year compared to the last couple of years. I mean, they've had Derek Wolf. He's been great. Shelby Harris has had his moments. But just the, the defensive line right now, I mean, you know Darrell Casey's going to be one of the starters. I don't think there's really much question about that. The yeah. guy's been a Pro Bowl player uh, at the defensive line position. He's getting paid pretty decent money. They just traded for him, all those kind of things. But, I mean, and he should be a start- starter. I love listening to Von Miller talk about him today that there's a lot of times on the practice field, they don't even have to really hardly talk because they just already know. Or they just have to say one thing one time, and then they're like, okay, we're on the same page. And uh, – so I love that they're already building some chemistry, but it is that other position, that other spot on the defensive line where you're going to have Shelby Harris and, of course, the, the, the second-year player for the Broncos here and Draymond Jones. And we've talked about it on this show quite often that we, we love Draymond Jones. He really showed something there at the end of the year, kind of like Drew Locke showed something at the end of the year. And you're just kind of going, okay, maybe this guy, just that potential. ESPN, they, they released their, uh, an article of the 25 players that could break out this year. Any clue where Draymond Jones was on that list? Was he 25? Number two. Number two. Oh, my goodness. Somebody on there really likes him. <laughs> I, I was shocked when I saw it. Uh, so... Again, there's other people that saw something in his game that were just like, this kid, he could be something. And Shelby Harris, I I like Shelby Harris. And I like that he's back because without him, I would be a little bit more worried about the depth. I, I like McTelvin Ajim, but he's a rookie. <laughs> he's still figuring things out. College, his position was very fluid where – NFL, he's going to be more on the interior than the exterior. Uh, so I'm, I'm interested to see where what all they can do with him this year. But but he's still a year away. And That's so, the big thing. We were talking. I was talking with Buana Beast before this when we came on. So we were just talking about the defensive line in general and where Jim is going to play is one of the things I'm most interested in this season. Just to, what role is he going to have? His body type. I mean, 
Is he potentially the Mike Purcell replacement? He could probably put on weight and become the nose tackle. I mean, really, he could. That's what he was showing. I thought his best snaps were actually at that nose tackle position in uh, sub packages for Arkansas, and he was yep. put on weight and did that in the Shrine Bowl or the Shrine Game, whatever they call it now, in the Senior Bowl and looked well there. And talking with Dane Brugler, he said that people were impressed that he put on a bunch of weight and lost zero flexibility and explosiveness in his lower half. So Ajima was interesting. That being said, expectations any more than what Draymond Jones was last year is probably too much. Yeah. And so, again, just that battle between Draymond Jones and Shelby Harris, I, I do wonder a little bit, I, I've said it on here before, I think, just how much, especially not having preseason and having kind of a weird training camp, does that hurt Draymond Jones's chances of becoming a starter week one? Because they know what they have in Shelby Harris. He started for him last year. He did pretty well, considering uh, I mean, he even had a position change at some point in the season. I, what was it? Week four, week five. I think so. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I just, I want to see that battle, but I do wonder if it's going to be more Draymond Jones week eight becomes the starter. Shelby Harris starts the season just because they feel more comfortable with the veteran. Yeah, that's a good point. We got to get to the super chat here from Duke Boynton. Shout out to Kenneth Booker. Thank you for all that you do. Yeah, shout out to Kenneth Booker for sure. I think Kenneth might be Facebook friends with me now. Uh, so, Kenneth, love you. Hopefully you don't mind all my uh, my memes because that's what Facebook is for these days, right? <laughs> yeah. Memes and just uh, shaking your head at family members sometimes. No, but um, I won't go down <laughs> that rabbit hole. Uh, but, yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. I think that Draymond Jones is definitely coming for that starter position. Uh, something you hadn't touched on that we talked about before was that Shelby Harris contract. I think that's indicative to the overall value actually has. I know that people look at the sack numbers and Bronco fans know him. So there's a little bit more value to him uh, just to have known quantity. But I think Draymond Jones has a really good chance to take that starting edge right, or starting interior defensive lineman opposite of uh, Casey in the base packages and Shelby Harris. I think Shelby Harris is best spot is that one technique and sub packages that's when the yeah. four man fronts that one man doesn't have to worry about anchoring so much you know he can really just be more of a uh, pressure pro- pressure player that's probably his best spot so i think that's a that's a good call good call carl i'm really interested to see how that one's going to play out as well Draymond jones i mean number two there that's that's a shock but he's got the juice man he's got good he's really good with his hands he came in light from ohio state but he looks like he's bulked out a little bit i mean even just last year bulking out which is good and if he can still have that spin move that he had at Ohio State, I mean, that could be a good player. And he's in a good position, too. I mean, yeah. AC, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, that's, if you can be that fourth guy, that's a good spot to be. Yep. Uh, so for me, I think the one that interests me the most actually is the cornerback position. A.J. Boye, barring injury, which knock on wood, but barring injury, he's the guy who's probably the most stable there. But then after that, who the heck knows? I think we're pretty safe in saying that Bryce Callahan will be the starting nickel in sub packages, but is he going to be that number two cornerback in base package? How much are the Broncos even going to play base? Is it even worth talking about? It's kind of like talking fullbacks at this point or running backs. Ugh, why do we always talk running backs? But um, no, that that's that. Is he going to be the second cornerback in base? It's possible. I mean, there was talk last year in camp that despite Bryce Callahan's size deficiencies, he was doing really well up against Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick on the boundary. So that's something to watch. I mean, Chris Harris Jr. always thought about being you know, a little small, but he handled it on the outside well, especially in this scheme. You can do it. So Bryce Callahan may be the boundary, but I think in sub package, he's probably still moves to the slot or the nickel position. So then it's that boundary corner, that third cornerback, but that second boundary corner, I think is the one that's the most interesting, probably the most interesting battle, in my opinion, on the entire team. Uh, 
because, I mean, you have Ojemudia, who's obviously a third-round pick, but he, again, third-round pick, typically year one, a lot of ups and downs. I mean, Isaac Yadam was a third-round pick, and people are hoping for – imagine rookie Isaac Yadam coming in and being expected as the starter. Not that Ojemudia is going to be <laughs> Yadam, but that's – I mean – that's kind of the slot you're looking at there. I mean, Brendan Langley right. was a third round pick. So depending on Ojemudia based on that precedent, it's a little bit scary. Not the same player. Every player is their own individual, but just kind of giving a, I guess, a scope of that range of that type of player you're getting there. So, I mean, depending on him is concerning, I guess, because a little bit of an unknown. You have Bosby who flashed last year, but I mean, it was a very small sample size. So that one's concerning. Devonta Harris had some okay plays, uh, but then kind of fell off, especially I think it was that Bills game and the... Oh, the Vikings game just did not play yep. well in those two games. Really looked bad in those two games. And, and yeah, I'm still talking about him. So who the heck knows with that second cornerback position? I think right now I would bet on Ojemudia just because I think that he fits the scheme pretty well. He's a good tackler. He's safe. He's not going to get beat over the top. But, I mean, that second cornerback position, draw a name from a hat. I really, no clue. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. <laughs> Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is, and and I kind of thought of it. Ryan Edwards made a, a great comment the other day of kind of your your tackle bro idea. You know, people coming after you for not for the Broncos not going tackle, and that they should have gone that kind of direction. And he said, "Do you really think a rookie's going to come in and do like this amazing job?" Because uh, Ryan Clady is the exception to the rule. Yeah. Most rookies come in, especially on the offensive line struggle. Cornerbacks, another position where a lot of rookies struggle. You, you see a few of them emerge. Marshawn Lattimore, when he was a rookie, had an outstanding season. Um, I'm trying to think of some others that really, I, I guess. Top 10 pick, Marshawn Lattimore. Right. Patrick Harris Jr. was first team all rookie. That's true. That's true. But, but you're talking there, about he, a rare. Right. And, and he still had his struggles. I remember, I think it was that Patriots game that year. He just mm-hmm. got destroyed. Uh, but he struggled a lot against some of the Patriots because they really pick on the nickel cornerback quite a bit. Uh, but it just, I, I am, I'm interested to see how that goes. I, I really still like Bosby. I I was one of those guys who was pounding the table last year that he's my dark horse player. That's going to come in and really perform better than people expect. And his couple games that he got in there, he looked pretty darn good. And yeah. then of course the, the serious injury, I do wonder a little bit, how much is that going to affect him moving forward? Because especially when you get anything in that neck and spinal cord, man, I I can't imagine the next time you take a big hit. Like, are you worried that it's going to affect you? How much does it? Uh, because I know a lot of people, they lose strength when that happens. Uh, I did hear, I think it was Vic Fangio was talking about how Bryce Callahan was sick and lost a lot of weight. And so yeah. he's working to try to put some of that weight on right now. So th- there are some worries there of how that's going to play out. I do like at least there's a lot of names to throw at the at the dartboard and hope that one of them is going to emerge. 
And that's a good point. And I want to emphasize that as well with Ed Donatel, Vic Fangio, and a really good safety duo behind them. I'm confident they can get at least okay cornerback play out of there. But in this division, it concerns me. I mean, we, we like to poke fun at the Chargers offense all day. I mean, what are they going to look like this year? But Mike Williams and Keenan Allen is a pretty formidable duo. Uh, you obviously have uh, the Chiefs, which is just an embarrassment of riches. <laughs> and the Raiders, I mean, they're honestly might have the weakest wide receivers of the group, but Henry Ruggs' speed is there. And, I mean, you might even see Darren Waller last year, but every single chance they had to pair up Darren Waller against that cornerback too, which is going to happen in this defense sometimes when they how they play three-by-ones with that uh, match quarters. Sometimes it can happen. And yeah. that just – that was ugly. So – I guess that's the position that I'm most interested in, but also outside of right tackle, which I don't even, we can touch on that later, but um, <laughs> that's the one that just concerns me the most. Yeah. And and I had somebody ask me, I think it was Buona Beast actually, uh, that up. he was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said, are you going to talk about the right tackle battle? Well, right now there's really not much of a battle because it is Wilkinson. Yeah. All those other guys, I'm sorry. They're not going to start over Wilkinson. And so unless the Broncos bring in somebody from free agency and, and I have an article from all of us here at MHH that's going to be coming out here, hopefully tonight or tomorrow morning, um, kind of all of our thoughts on the what the Broncos should do, what we'd like the Broncos to do. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of excited to see how everybody responds to that and what their thoughts are on what the Broncos should do. Um, but yeah, it's not really a competition right now. It's Bulls and Wilkinson. <laughs> that's it. And ah, that, that's a problem. <laughs> That makes me nervous because the only reason, really one of the only reasons I felt okay about the offensive tackle position, didn't feel great, but okay, was because you had the upside of Jawan James, but at least a known quantity of Elijah Wilkinson. And yeah. and then Garrett Bowles as well, who, I mean, say what you will about him, he sees the field. Uh, so, I mean, when you had that trio, I was confident you could get at least passable offensive tackle play. Yeah. Now, if one of those guys goes down, I mean – say your Hail Marys or whatever the heck you pray to whatever gods you do, you know, this it's uh it could be an issue. And I know that Eric and I actually were going back and forth a little bit on Twitter about Jake Rogers, but man, I was not impressed. I think he's actually the oldest guy on the offense as well. Uh, Jake Rogers is, uh, yeah. but just, I don't know, not impressed. So I'm glad that Wilkinson is back, but I am, uh, I'm a little concerned, I guess, yeah. just, if just I because if one right, of those guys go down. Yeah. Yikes. If I remember right, Rogers, he had like one good half last year. Against the Lions. Like, oh, oh man, this guy, look at him. And then all of a sudden he just got abused the rest of the time. This is why like somebody size figured is so out. Important. Right, exactly. So somebody figures something out, boom, it's over. Yeah. Uh, so uh, right now, that's not really much of a competition. So let's talk about another competition here. And this is one we're, we're going to kind of feed it into almost two of them combined together. And, and we'll go to the wide receiver position because, I mean, it is, it's, it's an exciting position right now for the Broncos. Yes, it is. You got, the, you got the two rookies that are coming in that are dynamic beyond uh, what the Broncos have seen in a long time. I'm trying to remember the last time we had this dynamic of a wide receiver. I guess maybe a healthy um, Demarius Thomas. Yeah, I was, think. I mean, very DT, athletically gifted. DT when Peyton first got here that last season with Tim Tebow, I mean, the freak. You know, yep. he really, the ability, I mean, he wasn't the most nuanced route runner until Peyton kind of hounded him, but the ability to just take a screen and just turn it into a thoroughbred in the open field, that was pretty darn incredible. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, some of those screen passes obviously just went dominant for him, but uh, it's, it's not him and Brandon Marshall. Right. Yeah. 
Probably. But even there, Brandon Marshall wasn't the most athletically gifted. He was I mean, just I can, was very. I consider like size play. and power. Okay. A part true. of athleticism because he was like a tight end playing wide receiver. And because he had so much size while not being a stick in the mud, that, that counts. Yeah. So it's like, I look at it like grass, you know, like the size matters. So. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, wide receiver position. This is a little bit just the, the battle of, again, rookies coming in, trying to make a name for themselves in training camp without any games to really make the coaches believe. Throw in, they haven't been there for OTAs, uh, minicamp, anything that's given them a chance to really work in the offense. They've had to do their own stuff on the side. That, that's the only reason that this is really a, a huge, huge deal for the Broncos this year and why you could see – Guys like Tim Patrick be a starter week one that, I mean, they're going to be in a lot of three wide sets. So we're looking at three wide receivers as starters right now. I think Jerry Judy probably going to be a starter just because first round pick. You want to get that on the field, but I can see him being more of that slot guy. day one. Cortland Sutton, obviously going to be a starter. And so it's, it's figuring out that third wide receiver. Who's going to be the other third, third one on the field. Are they going to take a chance, put Jerry Judy on the outside, have two rookies on the field at the same time uh, with Hamler? That We talked about it before the pod, I think, but that's a, a week one versus week 10 question. Yeah. You know? It, it is. And are we, are we discounting Deshaun Hamilton? Maybe a little. I mean, if you want to have Jerry Judy at the Z, Deshaun Hamilton at the slot, uh, he was building a little bit of chemistry there at the end of the season with with Drew Locke. I mean, he was getting himself open, finding the, the holes in the defense when they were really focused there on trying to stop Fant and, and Sutton. Uh, Hamilton kind of became that next guy. Tim Patrick was the big play guy that he found himself in a lot of one-on-one going deep down the field. So, uh, But then also, I mean, this kind of plays into what whatever you want to talk about next. But I guess let's let's finish the conversation on the the offensive side of things with the wide receiver position. But uh, I, I guess for me, if I had to make a guess right now, I really do think Tim Patrick on the outside, Jerry Judy at the slot, Cortland Sutton at the X. I just think they're going to want that size on the field. They're going to want that guy that already has a little bit of chemistry with Drew Locke and a guy that knows uh, – what what it means to be in the NFL. And I think there's something that be said specifically about Jerry Judy, and he mostly played the slot at Alabama, and in a weird mm-hmm. offseason, not only as a rookie, but in a weird offseason, maybe that's going to be his best fit. I mean, I think long-term, you hopefully project him as a Z, uh, right. but day one, maybe not. Maybe the coming in as the slot where he's played majority of snaps at Alabama, doesn't have to worry so much about the press, which, I mean, you see him get off the ball in those – or get off press in those practice videos, but it's a little different when, you know, you don't have as many steps, as much space as you do in the practice field. So it'll be interesting to see. I definitely think that's a, a possibility. I do hope that we see Hamler out there at some point, just because I'm really excited about that explosiveness, but uh, we, we'll see. And that again, right into my next point here. Uh, I think that low key camp battle that I'm interested to see is the punt returner battle. Obviously last year, the Broncos brought in Deontay Spencer, the, uh, Pride of Canada. I'll just say that for the heck of it. Uh, played the CFL, but became a Pro Bowl alternate or made the Pro Bowl as a punt returner. Guys, Pro Bowl doesn't matter. Don't use that to argue for anything. <laughs> Some, one of the Broncos 
reporters, I'll just, I won't even say the name, but I don't, cause I don't even care who said it, but they were talking about a pro bowl as like something to, as a reason this person was more valuable or not like using the pro bowl. Trevor Simeon was a pro bowler. Get out of here. It yep. doesn't mean anything anymore. Sorry. Sad. It's fun for the players, but don't use it as an accolade when judging players. Uh, but uh, Deontay Spencer, he's definitely, he's got speed, not a receiver really. I mean, we saw that last year. They tried to implement him in the offense to add some explosiveness. Just, it doesn't track the ball well. doesn't have good hands. Just he's a special teamer. But because of the roster math uh, and because of, again, the weird offseason, not really getting a chance to see um, the development maybe you'd normally see of rookies, even though they'd be behind the eight ball anyway, uh, KJ Hamler. I mean, they talked about it. Uh, KJ Hamler is going to get a chance to make the punt return team. I think that's a battle I'm really interested in. Deontay Spencer is going to have to earn it, but it's also as much to do with uh, KJ Hamler's role in the offense right away is he going to be brought along slowly because again weird offseason rookie uh, just the roster math and does that mean they're going to put kj hammer there who kj hammer's got good speed he just actually the punt returning wasn't as good as i thought it would be it was actually yeah. i preferred his kick returning once he got the open field and had a lane then you see him zip not as much yeah. the punt returning which is surprising uh so that punt returning battle i know it's Definitely not as exciting as, you know, talking about the battle between Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay or what's going to happen at uh, what's another interesting one. I mean, heck, the depth at linebacker position, mm-hmm. a third edge rusher, who the heck knows. But that punt return one, it, just because we can talk a little bit of explosiveness uh, and the third phase, which we rip on all the time because the Broncos special teams has just been a trash heap for, gosh, probably a decade now. Just seen, besides the kicker position i think kicker's been at least average or a little better we haven't had like bears right. issues with kickers but the coverage units have been bad uh yep. so that's and honestly the returners since trending holiday have not been great so this is one that intrigues me a good amount uh we'll talk about this a little bit more but we got to get to the 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 comments here oh it jumped down on oh. me there we go thank you so much you're good that's the one yep. i was going to click <laughs> well duke boyden coming in again appreciate that duke for the uh for the excitement of terry randall's pod on Thursday, Terry getting his his chance on the pod. I'm, I'm excited to hear that, and and I'm sure you're going to just blow it out of the water, and all of a sudden, Chad's going to be calling you going, dude, you're a man. We need you, some TR. Be on. <laughs> uh, Kevin Peterson coming in with the Super Chat. Let's start a petition to get Juwan James out of Denver. I'll buy his Virgin Galactic ticket to the moon. <laughs> hashtag pound sand, hashtag still pissed. Uh, so uh, unfortunately, this. They, yes. So unfortunately Broncos are stuck with him next year. Uh, I'm just, his, his cap hit moves to next season. His dead money hits go to next season. And so next year, 2021, you cut him. He is a $19 million dead money hit to the team. And you think about the fact that the salary cap is probably going to go down. I'm sorry. Juwan James is going to be here in 2021. Unless something absolutely crazy happens. But uh, it just, I I guess you could say it it depends. Probably most people are going to be upset about it just because Juwan James is a problem. (laughs) Right tackle's got, got a problem right. since Orlando right. Franklin left. Right. And he's got 63 snaps now in two seasons. And what it's going to be it. two seasons. And next year's an odd that. season again. Right. Uh, so th- there's a lot of reasons to be upset about it. But it also then means most likely the Broncos are not looking at replacing two tackles in one offseason. 
in, in 2021. So well, don't you have to after he didn't play for like two years? Well, you're, you're still going to be looking for it, at least a developmental player to come in there in some way, some form. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm just trying to look for a little bit of a glimmer of hope of why this could be a halfway. Okay. Things it, it's not, I mean, if we're being honest, a, a starter sitting out is an issue. I mean, I, I respect his decision. Um, taking care of his new baby. I understand having a new baby. Like it, it just, you, you protect him. <laughs> you, you do whatever you got to do. And uh, I pretty much bubble wrapped our house when, when I brought my daughter home. So I, I understand that side of things, but it does put the team in a, a real bind. Obviously offensive tackle position was already shaky. You take away the guy that had the highest upside of the whole group. It's it, it just, it's a problem. And it really uh, lowers the upside of the entire offensive line. Right. I mean, it does. saw what the offense looked like the one half that Juwan James was playing. Totally different unit, totally different right. offense. Right. And now that possibility is gone. I do want to see what Elijah Wilkinson can maybe look like when he knows he's the starter at right tackle and doesn't every week have to figure out what position he's going to play. But. Yeah. You know, I, I still think he's not made for that position. He's not your long-term solution at the position by any means. But again, looking for a little glimmer of hope. You know, I got to be that eternal optimist. Uh, I can't can't lose that in in myself. But uh, it, it is. It's still a that that one was a punch to the gut. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. I am the uh, the dog in the room of fire with the uh, drinking his tea, saying this is fine, looking dead in his eyes. I feel like that's been my. <laughs> my meme of choice, my eternal essence, all of 2020. Uh, but um, it, it is a tough position to fill. I think the biggest thing is, I know a lot of people are wishing, I mean, I'd say a fair amount of people are wishing ill on Juwan James. And I get, again, what you said, I get what you're saying about him uh, sitting out the season, giving everything that's going on and the newborn. I don't blame Juwan James as much as I blame the Broncos personnel department. I mean, th- we kind of scoffed at it at the time that it was uh, the Miami Dolphins talking about the when the Broncos signed him was the equivalent of a uh, whoopee cushion going off. And we're like, oh, I mean, that's kind of tasteless for to, to, uh, for a team to poo-poo a guy on the way out. But uh, Dol- Dolphins looking like they made the right decision there, uh, unfortunately, for the Broncos. I, I think the biggest question then is what are you going to do with the that money? Because um, it's, it's, I mean, he's gone. He's not going to play. It is what it is. Uh, but the money is the biggest question, and this is gonna not people aren't gonna like this. But given the uncertainty of next year's cap, uh, given all the the Broncos, they're gonna have to pay him next year. All these players that they might have to move on from because of that. I mean, the Broncos have cap space, but I think the move is to do nothing. As horrible as that sounds, because you got to pay him next year, and if the cap shrinks, it's, it's, Damn, like I just don't want to cuss, but like that might be the thing to do. Like you have to just sit on your hands because that money will roll over. Then it's kind of just like a negligible cost. But that way, I mean, that might be the difference of keeping AJ Boyer. That might be the difference in keeping Jarrell Casey. That might be the difference in extending Justin Simmons or Cortland Sutton. Right. So I I know it's not in the immediate the way to go. That maybe you can sign a veteran for that Jeff Hireman money, that four million that you created for moving on Hireman. But as far as the Juwan James savings. I think sit on it. I yeah. boring. I know boring, but I'd sit on it. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I, I have my guy in free agency that I wouldn't mind the Broncos bringing in. Um, just 
He's done decent in his career. Nothing spectacular. You're not going to find anything spectacular on the market right now. No way. Even even trade wise, because teams are. I mean, we, we saw it in the draft. Teams went crazy for offensive tackles. It's the reason Jerry Judy fell to the Broncos was because teams snatched those offensive tackles up real quick. And uh, every team is looking for him. There's maybe what? Three, I don't know, maybe three players or three teams that are set at both tackle positions. And even then the depth is not great. Right. You know, it's like one. Somebody goes down, it's, it's done. I mean, tackle is uh, probably the position where there is the least amount of quality quality starters outside of quarterback. Yeah, you know, like guys who are actual difference makers. That being said, offensive tackle is probably not as a, a star there is not as impactful as a star at say edge rusher, cornerback, wide receiver. So it's all that roster math. It's all that game of calculus that is building a contending team. Yeah, it is. And uh, I I saw you'd put up name names, or I guess maybe that was Boana put that up. <laughs> Boana put it up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so one player I did think that might make a lot of sense for the Broncos to trade for is uh, Akorafor. So am I saying that right? Akorafor. Yep. Yeah. Ch- Chukwuma Akorafor. There we go. Of uh, the the Steelers, uh, he was drafted when Munchak was still with the Steelers. And obviously any offensive lineman that's drafted is going to get the stamp of approval from Munchak. And he hasn't, he's still a backup, hasn't got a chance to start because they've had quality starters at the tackle positions. So it makes, it it makes sense, but he's not going to come in and I would say blow anybody away. I mean, there's a reason he's still a backup. It's like the cornerback approach where you're getting another name and you're hoping the shotgun approach over overwhelms just because you have another name with some potential that somebody makes it. But like, what are you giving up for a Chukwuma Akora for a fourth like at best, a fifth? Are they willing to give it up at that? Cause they, Andre Villanueva, Villanueva is going to be a free agent next, after the season. Right. Right. And, and so that, that's always the thing is you got to, both sides have to have to agree to it. And right now, the Broncos need it more than the Steelers need it. Yes. And the Steelers are not in a position really to be looking to add assets. They Big Ben's there right now. They have a window. I mean, the defense is right now. So they're a team that I would think would be more interested in trading picks rather than accumulating them. Granted, every team has a price. But, uh, yeah, again, guys, station identification, as they'd say on the radio. This is Building the Broncos podcast. We appreciate you all being here. Follow us on Twitter, at BTBFootballPod. I'm Nick Kendall along with Carl Dummler. This is part of Mile High Huddle. And the most important thing, guys, subscribe, like, and share can help us reach so many more people. We have a lot of listeners that aren't uh, subscribed on YouTube. That can make a world of difference to our shows. Really, I mean, if you appreciate our show and support us in any way and you're not subscribed, then do you really support us? I don't know. I'm going to guilt you guys. No. Um, And, Carl, I think you wanted to talk about something as well. Yeah. Uh, So we have, of course, our, our merch that we highly recommend everybody go get a chance to check out. It's at huddleuppod.com. And I mean, we've got everything from mile high huddle, huddle up podcast. Uh, you know, of course the, the best looking one is the, the building the Broncos trucker hat that we are both wearing here today. Highly recommend that we got the building the Broncos short sleeve t-shirt. I haven't got that yet. I've got to, got to get on top of that. Uh, and 
So, of course, we got the I think we got the new Let Them Hate T-shirt that I think they just put out not too long ago. So, uh, of course, you got your uh, do we have MHI. Material? It should be yeah. coming out. I've, I've seen the pictures of it. I don't know if it's on the website yet, Okay, uh, but it will be coming out soon. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's a pretty cool, unique logo. Yeah. Uh, got so, the uh, Colorado State flag there in the background. Perfect. All right. Well, so like I said, head on over there, guys. Get some merch. Uh, it's some pretty high quality things. I mean, these hats, they I are love high my quality. <laughs> yes, I, love, my I love I wear it all the time. And uh, so highly recommend anybody take a chance. Go look at that stuff. See if you want to buy anything. We uh, we really appreciate it. It's another way to, to support us. And uh, we just we, we love all of you, whether you buy our stuff or not. But uh, but it is it looks cool. And it, it really uh, it, it's pretty awesome. When I see a picture on Twitter or Facebook of anybody wearing some of our MHH or building the Broncos merch, man, it is is pretty awesome. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Kevin giving me crap now about the uh, the bookshelf, guys. I'm moving. I'm living in the, the Quad Cities for three weeks until I move across country. So give me a break on the bookshelf. No, give me crap. I don't care. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, and Chris coming in here. Cheers to MHH fam. Chris, I think, thank you, Buana, for hitting that one. I saw that one, but it just passed by. Can't stay on, but we'll listen later. Click those little thumbs up. Guys, we do appreciate that as well. Uh, the thumbs up on Facebook or wherever you're watching the show matters a lot. Also, we see Christy joining us. Christy, good to see you. I uh, hope things are going well in uh, sunny California. Um uh, here we go. Is there a let them hate shirt? Is it the let them hate shirt? Yes, there is a let them hate shirt. Um, and here's the one. We don't need a star at RT. We just need better than Wilkinson with his 10 sacks rendered in part-time duties. I mean, that's very true. Uh, I think that is a, a good point. That being said, Wilkinson was thrust into that position without really that being known. And this is going to be another year with him working under Munchak. So fingers crossed to look a little better. I mean, yeah. I, if he can just look average, I will take it. Right. Something to keep in mind is Elijah Wilkinson is absolutely loved by the coaching staff, is absolutely loved by Munchak. Yeah. And he, he sees something in the kid. Now, how much he can get out of him, we're, we're going to find out, I guess, this year, Unfor- kind of unfortunately. But uh I still think the fact that that's all he's going to practice is right tackle instead of, I mean, like last training camp, he played, I think, I think he played four positions on the offensive line throughout training camp and preseason. And I'm sorry, that that's, <laughs> that's asking a lot. And I, I know everybody thinks, okay, well, it's just right or left, you know, block the guy in front of you. It is so much different than that, especially when you get to the NFL, when you guys are worrying about, uh, what kind of blitzes they're going to be bringing at you? Who's your guy that you got to go get? Uh, you know, three man, four man fronts. Do you have to get to the second level in the run game? Do you have to do double blocks here? Are you pulling? I mean, the, there's so many different things that play into what it means to be an offensive lineman in the NFL. And and learning one position is hard enough. Learning four and learning and like feeling good about your footwork and how you're going to hold up on uh, any given play. Yeah, that, that's asking a lot of a player. I'm not trying to make excuses because he he messed up. He he had lots of plays where he just got absolutely destroyed. I think of that Kansas City game in the snow. Just gave up a really bad sack. Didn't even hardly I, – I don't even know if he touched the guy. Like he just kind of stood there almost wanting to help the guard, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, there's a guy running be- right beside me. Uh, maybe I should do something. By that point, it's too late. Uh, so again, I, I'm interested to see 
what he can do with being at one position, but he's still got a long ways to go for sure. Yeah, that's definitely, I definitely agree with you there. I saw somebody talk or somebody ask, what do you guys think about the third cornerback position? We talked about it a little earlier. I think Carl says Bosby and I think Ojemudia, but gosh, that is anybody's guess. That's probably the, the question for me in training camp and leading into the season is what's that cornerback position going to look like? Uh, just because I think we do know who's going to play at offensive tackle, just how good are those offensive tackles going to play? It's a big question. I guess I, yeah. the real question is what's Julak going to do this season? That's really the biggest one. Yeah. Um, but uh, James Campbell coming in. James, uh, Riley Reef and Joseph Noteboon might be available trade options. Add in DeMar Dotson as well. I'd feel a lot more comfortable with the tackle situation with some more bodies in the room next year. I definitely agree with you. I'm just curious about how the contract situation works, especially for Riley Reef. Joseph Noteboon, he played tackle in college. I don't know if he has the mobility. It, it It's like a less run-blocking, able version of Wilkinson as far as his his rigid, rigidness in his base. So maybe, I mean, the Rams are in a world of, uh, I don't want to cuss. I've, gotta, I, I've just been cussing up a storm here back at back home. But um, uh, they're in real, really a lot of trouble. Uh, so that is a big issue. Um cap wise. So maybe they would look into it, but also their offensive line is trash. So I don't know. I don't know if they'd be looking to move them. Um, I like this one from Glenn Hauser. Can we put the building the Broncos logo on Carl's other hat? That would be huge amongst our little house on the Prairie Bronco fans. I'll, oh, I'll look man. into it. I'll, I'll talk to Chad, see what we can get figured out on that. <laughs> you know what we should do? We should do an edit. I'm, I'm so busy. I don't have time for this, but an edit of uh, since you're so big on the home improvement, we should do a, in the Broncos home improvement edit where, you know, you're going to be, I'll be Tim Allen and you can be uh, Al Borland. Al Borland. I was like, Al Bundy, that's a serial killer. That's not it. Uh, So um, that would be good. That would be, I mean, building the home improvement, it's all right there. I'll take it, man. And uh, yeah, yeah, we might have to. I think you can pull off Tim Allen. Uh, I won't do that. Can you do that? Yes, but I won't subject people on my mic to that. <laughs> um, Broncos beat coming in here. This is one that I think we should talk about here and then maybe wrap it on up unless we get any uh, interesting things in the chat. Uh, what do you guys think about Brett Coleman's piece saying that Locke got spooked by not ad- identifying hanging defenders and playing gun shy the last three games? He asked Rippett to succeed this year. Uh, have you seen the Brett Coleman video yet? I shared it on the uh, community page in Mile High Huddle yesterday. I didn't. Okay, so Brett Coleman, really good uh, film analyst, does a lot of stuff on YouTube. Uh, and he did identify where Drew Locke, he was playing a little bit looser in the Chargers and the Texans game. Again, letting it rip, as he said. And uh, I think that's um, – sorry, real quick. The guy behind the fence is definitely going to be Bawana Beast because he's in here with us, but he's not being seen. So just want to throw that out there. Um, but the Brett Coleman video, I think there is something to be said about that. Uh, the one thing I don't think that he gave enough credit to, and one of the big reasons that this guy isn't even here anymore, is that I think a lot of the conservatism from Drew Locke that we saw was due to Rick, Rich Gangarello. And uh, Rich Gangarello, his hands were a little bit tied because the offensive tackle, especially 16 and 17, that offensive line was trash. So guess what, Locke? Get rid of the ball or you're going to get killed. I don't think that yeah. he gave enough credence to that, which is a huge factor, in my opinion. Uh, but I do think there's something to be said because Locke, I mean, it's good that we didn't see him being that gunslinger where, I mean, you want a little bit of gunslinger, but just being reckless with the ball. But I mean, he highlighted a fair amount of points where, I mean, he was definitely right where there was 
chances where Locke could have moved the football down the field and he just took a little outlet pass. I mean, one reason that Deshaun Hamilton was probably getting the stats he was at the end. So I definitely think there is something to be said about it, but this season will be far more of a uh, telltale in that regard. Yeah, I I always appreciated when Locke talked about after the, the Kansas City game that he said, I messed up. I, I can't take some of those risks that I took. And maybe he went a little too far the other way. But especially against I, some bad they, defenses, but they won. Right. I mean, right. You have a good and, defense. And, just, and some of those games, the Broncos would get up early and then go absolutely conservative. I mean, they did that all year where they would get up early in the first half and then boom. Yeah, exactly. They put everybody to sleep three and out every single time. And, and there's a lot of times where I, I think one of the best stats that Drew Locke showed, I know a lot of people point to the, the lack of sacks that he gave up. But I, I like the stat that he was one of the best third down quarterbacks in football. Yeah. He kept moving the chains. Like the offense would stall and he would still figure out a way to get it done on third down. And yeah, he didn't put up astronomical stats over those last couple games, but he was also surrounded by some pretty bad talent, a coaching staff that, well, I mean, offensive coordinator is gone. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, I'm interested to see how much that continues into this year. Like if that still shows up where he's being way too conservative, then yeah, that, that's a concern moving forward. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's probably easier. I don't know. Is it easier to rein a quarterback in or to get a quarterback to let loose? Yeah, no, that's, it depends on what you have around you, right? Some points, if you're losing and the defense is trash, you need to let them out loose a little bit. But if you have a good defense and you're playing some trash opponents like the Lions and the Raiders were last year, especially at home, sometimes maybe being a little bit conservative, maybe being that Derek Carr slash Alex Smith is what's needed to win games. Now, it's, is, is it going to win you the big game? No, but it won you that game. So, I mean, it obviously depends on the opponent and a lot of things. Uh, I think that the stat that, and I pointed out to the, about this after Drew Locks, I think it was his third start where I was like, guys, this, this number concerns me, but it was the yards per attempt. Uh, Drew Locke, I think was, it was either 39th or 49th in quarterbacks that started last year in yards per attempt. So granted, again, offensive line trash at the end, conservative play caller outside of Corlin Sutton, the wide receiver position, not good. But still, that's, I mean, you want to see that much higher. But the one that really concerned me when Brett Coleman pointed out was not only was Drew Locke's yard per attempt really low, but it came at with like the 14th highest uh, play action per pass attempt. So when you see the play act, typically with play action, I mean, there's a reason Kirk Cousins was so, Kirk Cousins was so efficient last year and had amazing yards per attempt throwing the ball down the field uh, was because the Vikings were killer at play action. They had weapons too, but the killer yeah. at play action. And uh, Broncos used play action a fair amount, but still the yards per attempt were weak. So it's something to watch. I mean, it's, again, small sample size, but it's something to watch. And I, I think it's enough of a concern where you have it highlighted. Yeah, no, you're right. It, you you watch it moving forward. But uh, I just think, especially this year, you go get dynamic weapons because you believe in this kid, because you think that he can really take this offense to that next level. And uh, I don't know. He's done all the right things this offseason. We'll see if that translates to the field, of course. Um, but, uh, and I mean, we're going to have to see how, again, the offensive tackle position holds up. I do like probably more with Drew Locke that they focus on the interior than the tackle position mm-hmm. just because he is one of those quarterbacks that is not afraid to step up in the pocket and, you know, take a hit, 
when he needs to make a throw. Uh, so the, you see a lot of these quarterbacks, it, you saw it with Trevor Simeon a lot of times where he would keep backtracking <laughs> and just keep running backwards, running backwards. Uh, last year, Joe Flacco did that sometimes where he just third down, like I'm just going to book it backwards and hope somebody gets open in a hurry. And Okay, yeah. you need to change your words. Book it? He looked like a wounded giraffe. <laughs> okay, <laughs> book it for, for Flacco, I guess you should say, which is turtle speed. Yeah, but uh, but But it is where Drew Locke did kind of the opposite, and that's why I know a lot of people said, okay, Garrett Bowles didn't improve. Well, you see what happens when quarterback play improves. What happens? Yeah. It yeah. makes tackles jobs so much easier where instead of having to cover a 10 to 15 yard arc, <laughs> they're having to cover a five yard arc. That's a huge difference in what they're having to do. And so yeah. Drew Locke's ability to step up. That's why I like that the interior is very, very solid. It's why I don't like the idea of Dalton Reisner moving to right tackle. Some people have suggested because I don't want to weaken the interior. And I know Moody is one that I, I like, I love Moody, but I can't yeah. trust him to stay healthy. He's a rookie. Do you really want two rookies next to each other and Garrett Bowles on the side of one of those rookies? No, we're not going to see I, Moody I this year. No, we're you're not, not. going to see Moody this year. He's getting a red unless, shirt this season. Unless there are some major, major injuries and they just are like, okay, we're going to have to take a real huge chance here. But uh, but no, at least with that interior solidified, they can tell Drew Locke, hey, you're going to have a pocket to step up into. Go ahead and do that. I mean, good points. Oh, Terry coming in there. Good to see you, Terry. Thank you so much. Uh, Christy, how's the puppy? I'm actually staying at, before we do our big move, uh, staying at the mother-in-law's house and she has a litter made of that puppy. So it's actually two golden retriever puppies right now. And uh, that is both fun and tiring. Goodness. But uh, it's, it's going well. Um, but yeah, Carl, I like your points a lot there. I would be, I think that Dalton Reisner two right tackle at least is an option. Uh, but it does concern me a fair amount. I guess the biggest thing is looking at the, the landscape of the AFC West. Are you more concerned about the interior pass rushers or the edge rushers? Depends on the team. Yeah, but I mean, just because overall. Probably, I guess probably the, the edge rushers. And that might be the the thing for me. That might be the dis- deciding factor. But I think Reisner's best at guard. So, And maybe Garrett Bowles will finally click. God, we've been saying that for how many years uh, now? But uh, and having Reisner next to him will help. So yeah, who knows? I, I think I that guess, you're probably right. I, I have a little bit of remembrance of Vesquez moving out to tackle. And that oh, was a terrible experiment. Yes, it was absolutely terrible. So you take There's a guy a who was an all pro player at guard and move him to tackle. And all of a sudden he is a below average tackle trying to, to do his job. And it just was asking too much. And I love Dalton Reisner. I mean, he played tackle in college, so I'm not saying that he couldn't do it. I'm just saying he is great at left guard. He has a chance to be a top three guard in the NFL or at least a top three left guard in the NFL. And yeah. I just would rather keep that as a strength and make that interior. Again, you got Glasgow on one side, Reisner on the other, probably Cushenberry there at the center position. You can help out that rookie and really make that group a pretty strong unit. I definitely agree with you there. Well, guys, probably about that time we hit the old dusty trail, as my, my dad liked to say, he thinks he's a cowboy at heart. He's, he's, 
He's a poser. No, I'm just kidding. Love you, Dad, if you're watching. <laughs> but, um, you know, he's just – he's a big goober, just like me. Uh, this is the Building the Broncos podcast, guys. Again, we want to make sure that you guys subscribe, like, and share. Drop a like. Drop a heart react. Drop a – what are the care react if you can do that on Facebook still? I don't know. Uh, but the biggest thing on YouTube, subscribe, like, and share. That helps us the most. We can – I mean, gosh, I can't – I don't want to go into the specifics of it, but if you guys do that, that can help the show reach so many more people – and that means the world to us and can help us all and help the community. I mean, that's, that's what we're all about. Honestly, that's the thing that makes this show and all these shows really unique is that a lot of people are doing podcasts, Broncos or not related, but it's this super chat that we have going on. It's the community that makes it just special. And we see the same names. We see new names every time we see a lot of these same people. So we really appreciate you guys. We love you guys. You mean the world to us. I mean, you're the reason that we're doing this um, guys. Make sure you follow Carl on Twitter at Carl Dumbler, MHH and myself at, Nick Kendall MHH, go to milehighhuddle.com to see our latest articles. And Mile High Huddle is an affiliate of Sports Illustrated. Besides liking, sub- sharing, subscribing on YouTube, go to iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and a comment. That would mean a lot to us as well. You can follow the Mile High or you can follow the Building the Broncos podcast and all our other great audio content by subscribing to the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Follow us at BTB Football Pod. For Carl, I'm Nick wrapping up another episode of the Building the Broncos podcast. Carl, gosh, it's been too long. Uh, miss you hopefully with this move coming up guys i think we'll probably get announced it tomorrow the wife wants to do some announcement thing so yes dear uh but um that's what we're gonna do so uh but should be putting it out on twitter tomorrow where we're heading off to if anybody cares about that appreciate all you guys any any news carl anything outside the realm of football going on in your world well uh going skydiving this week holy snap yeah wow and uh actually live in colorado Heading out there wow. and do some skydiving. So hopefully get uh, up there high enough to see some mountains. But uh, the, the wife, that's what she wanted to do ever since her 30th birthday. And by golly, she got us signed up and we're going to go do it. Wow. Well, um, that is pretty darn incredible. Uh, I get anxiety because I don't, I don't jinx it. I'll tell you off the air, but uh, so thanks. Uh, <laughs> thanks guys for joining us today. Uh, we will see you. I'll see you guys again on Saturday. Uh, for the Mile High Insiders podcast. But for Carl, I'm Nick, and wrapping up another episode of Building the Broncos podcast. We appreciate y'all. Good night, and go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.